unofficial Simpsons podcast, but I think at this point we're officially unofficial, so I think that makes us a lot more official than we were last week. (laughs) Regardless, I am your host, Michael Virus, filling the air for the absence of our dearly beloved, dearly beloved, I don't know, our beloved co-host, Nico Aldrich, who can't... Somebody passed away for a second. (laughs) He might have. I haven't heard much from him. Um... I'll get to this mysterious voice in just a second. Uh, Nico will be on and off. He's still the official second co-host, uh, but um, he just, he got a fancy new job. I can't really talk about it, but it's it's far away, so it takes him away from the homestead where we record this podcast, and uh, it makes it a little more difficult. So I'm I'm picking up the slack. Uh, we've had a lot of technological difficulties. His computer died. I'm really terrible with technology, and I've lost a couple episodes, but I'm going to do my best to make sure there's co-hosts, people there, or if I just need to ramble on for an hour by myself, I will do that. But today, we or tonight, we have a special guest, uh, special to me. After Aww. this, he'll be special to everyone, a man who, to me, needs no introduction, but will to all of you because you have no idea who the hell he is. Nick Richards, the the officially unofficial. Yes, co-host. exactly. That's that's gonna be your title, and I hope you <laughs> you start uh, going yes. going with that. So, um, uh, people who have listened to this, all 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 three of you, will probably probably remember <laughs> we've mentioned Nick a little bit. He's a friend of mine, a fellow filmmaker, and just a general Renaissance man. The dude does a little a bit of everything, which is pretty impressive. Um, he's also the first. Uh, non-related supporter of the show. Amanda doesn't count. She, she counts. She counts. She <laughs> listens to this. She counts. Yeah. But he's the first person that hasn't had to support us who has. So <laughs> I can't find a way to make this sound good. So I'm sorry, Amanda. I know you're going to be listening to this at some point. <laughs> Anyways, Nick, I've been talking long enough. Tell us a little about yourself. My name's Nick. And... That's about all that's interesting. Well, I, I doubt that. <laughs> now, um, for, for, like you said, I, you you were very unnecessarily flattering to me in uh, the Sideshow Bob episode. Um, said a lot of nice things, but told the story about how we met. I think there was some moonlit walks involved and and whatnot, but generally we we fell in love with each it's- other and. It's a really complicated uh, bromance because this is literally the second time we've actually talked. We're not, we're not including Facebook talking. Like this, like this is the second time I have heard his voice. We we fell hard and we fell fast. It's the story of our life. It was even more awkward because Amanda was there for it. She was witnessing the entire thing, and she was like, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> Pretty much. I I think like we bonded. Like I think one of us quoted um, "How I Met Your Mother," and then we're like. I saw your. You have. Is it the blinky? Tattoo? Amanda has blinky. Yeah, she has a three. She had a. She got a okay. really nice, cool koi fish tattoo, and had added the third eye. But no, I have a. Uh, I, I eventually I should just post this picture to the No Homers page because I reference it a lot. I have a, a Homer Simpson tattoo, but his head is shaped like a heart, and and I often feel oh. like it's either Homer shaped like a heart. Or he has a really giant tumor that he's become very comfortable with because he's smiling. <laughs> I think that was like the 
we we hadn't talked to each I think you knew of me from yeah. the screening Kristen, of my film. But then we were just hanging out and you were sitting next to me and I'm like, hey, nice tattoo. So The Simpsons it really did. brought and us I remember that screening was compl- like I remember seeing the post and thought this is intriguing, but at you know at, the, at film festivals <laughs> it's really tough. It's like you know a poster could you know be very misleading. And I remember talking to Kristen Peterson who was like practically in charge of that festival <laughs> at the time. Be like Kristen, <laughs> I need I need to know what to see. Uh, I can, I'm I'm sick of going to short film showcases and uh, just point me in the right direction. And she's like, well. I think her exact words were "normal is the least normal film you'll ever, you'll see at the festival." I was like, "Sold." <laughs> it's almost like we were going for something. With and that then, title. like, I saw you there, and you're funny, and you had a baby, and I was like, "This guy has time to make movies, <laughs> and he has a baby." When when we shot "Normal," my daughter was about seven months and old. And she's how old now? Damn. Five. Yeah. But now I have another. Now so it means you gotta make another film. Yes, desperately. I need to finish some scripts for. I have the same problem. I have, I have s- several that are in that like you know first act lull where I got it started the way I want. And my problem is I I get frustrated. Like I have up. these co- these ideas in my head, and it's not even like that I can't write them so that they're cool on the paper i just get frustrated by the way that i write something it's like the ma- uh, the man walks in the door hmm, no the man quickly walks in the- i i get frustrated with that shit and then i just like nope i'm done i'm gonna play metal gear solid 5 it's the throw mama from a train syndrome it was a dark and stormy night the night was dark and stormy <laughs> yeah but yeah, so um, I don't know. Since then, like we we've kept tabs on each other. We've we've been friends on Facebook. We always talk about collaborating. Funny thing is, we talked about doing a podcast, and it wasn't from lack of interest. It was just I didn't. Nico is essentially the reason I I got this show going because it, once again, it wasn't from lack of interest. He uses the one eventually kicked me in the butt and said, "Get on Skype, find a microphone, we're going to record something." And, right, uh, right. Because I'm very much everyone. I'm a dreamer. Friend. Uh, so much to the point that I sometimes don't do as much, which is funny because I'm more of a midnight taper. <laughs> but uh, um, so <laughs> sorry, uh, uh, obscure reference well, number obscure. two. I didn't know how to reply to it because I was trying to think of the lyrics to the song, and it was like uh, something Joker. <laughs> but um, so yeah, like we we uh, I I knew when I needed to find a co-host. Uh, I was like, well, this is this is an obvious choice. Uh, I'm gonna get Nick on in this if he's interested, and I knew he would be. And uh, here we are. And like, I'm hoping to have Nico back because we, me and him, have a really good repertoire. But uh, if I, I know I have a a go-to host in you if I need it. And I'm sure there's even a way where we can like three-way Skype and record if it doesn't kill our computers. Big if. It is a big if, considering he, he he's he's one computer down. I'm sure mine's on its last leg because I do heavy video editing on it. Like this is how this mine's is how good. this is how much trouble I had. I was cutting together red footage and I had to like lower it down to the smallest quality possible just so I could watch it without it skipping. Looks like old DV footage. Look, yeah, about that. Yes. <laughs> like it looks good now, but. 
But anyways, <laughs> as customary on the No Homers podcast, it feels weird. I have to say, it feels weird taking the reins because that's normally Nico's job. But as customary on the No Homers podcast, <laughs> we like to talk about what we've been watching. And uh, I'm pulling up my media diet because that's a nerdy little thing I do where I need... I love making lists I've found about myself in my adult life. I like making lists so much that I need to make lists of everything. If I'm watching wrestling, I need to make lists of good matches. If I'm watching, I just need to make a list of everything I'm consuming. It's uh, it's kind of <laughs> sickening. Um, but as it's October, and while I don't really need a reason to watch horror films, I I took it as a ch- me and Amanda wanted to do the 31 Days of Horror Challenge. Problem is, we both work nights, so our rule is if we can at least get through 31 films throughout October, doesn't need to be one a day. We accomplished the goal. So I took it as um, let's not just watch horror films. Let's try to find ones that just feel October-y. If that makes sense. Sure. Like yeah. Some of them... When Harry Met Sally would fit in, even though it's not particularly it can be. scary. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. But like, if you have you commitment know, like, issues. Texas Chainsaw Massacre does not feel like a Halloween movie to me. It's it just it's a sweaty, gross film. It's like I don't want to. Yeah, it's like like we we've been choosing films like well she's never seen Frankenstein so we watched that, or like Fright Night, Reanimator, Nightmare on Elm Street, things that are kind of fun and playful. That's kind of been our sweet spot. Um, is uh, Puppet Master? It's in our bucket of things to watch. I actually have the Puppet Master collection. Uh, we just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, next up is Child's Play because she's never seen it. And Ooh, I nice. recently watched the entire Child's Play series in my adult life. Like I remember seeing bits and pieces of it as a kid, but it's not a movie I grew up with. And after seeing it as an adult, I have to say I'd probably put it up there as being one of my favorite franchises. Nice. I haven't seen any of the newer ones, The Bride or Bride and or Seed or any of those. A little strange. I appreciate them because they're all written by the same guy, so I think that's kind of cool. The entire series, but the newest one, yeah. Curse, is definitely worth your time. Nice. But since we've been watching a lot of movies, I'll keep it short, which is imp- which is funny for me. Uh, the best thing I think I've seen <laughs> this month, new thing, uh, has probably been uh, Tales of Halloween. Which is an anthology film that just came out, uh, but it's ten segments directed by eleven directors, and they're all you know it's kind of like trick or treat, but not like a through line story. They're just a bunch of under I don't want to say unrelated because they kind of tie in a little bit. It's a bunch of just it's an anthology film, just a bunch of shorts kind of thrown together by really talented directors, and it was some of the most fun I've 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 had. Nice. And then uh, the next thing I want to get back into is I want to rewatch all of the Venture Brothers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but how about yourself, sir? What have you been? What have you been up to? What have you been watching? Um, to, well, uh, with with the kids, it's a, a must to watch uh, the Great Pumpkin. Amanda's never seen it. Brown. Oh, I I know you guys had this conversation, and it's something that you have that conversation with when when you hear of somebody that hasn't seen a movie that's so close to you you make that sound that that instant reaction of oh my god how can you have never seen that, that but Scott then, pilgrim meme where he's like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> though i'm sure you could rattle off five thousand things that i haven't seen that you do make the same noise about but yeah 
So uh, we watched the Dre Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, uh, Milo's first time watching it. He didn't really seem all that interested. I've, I've often wondered this about older things like that, things, especially things that are nostalgic for us, if they hold up to younger audiences. Like I even wondered that about films that I love. Like If I show one day The Page Master to my kids, will they think it's as awesome as I right. do? Maybe not. For me, it's um, The Phantom Tollbooth, who my son is named after. Never. Um, and the last unit. I know the last unit. I've never heard of the first one. Uh, the if Phantom Tollbooth. It just does not ring a bell to me. It's a children's book, kind of children's book, young adult book, uh, uh, that is like the largest collection of puns possible. It, all of the characters and the world and everything that they do in it is built on puns. Um, and it was turned into a feature length animation by Chuck Jones. That sounds awesome of Bugs Bunny fame and um yeah it, it's it's spectacular I'm gonna have to way. look into this because it sounds amazing um and it, but but I haven't been watching that lately what I have been watching is I'm I'm reintroducing myself to Mystery Science Theater 3000 I haven't watched it since high school and uh so now I, I'm I'm rediscovering my love for watching people watching things. That's 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 the best way to describe. It. And it's uh, Mystery Science Theater was one of those things that I started like getting into in high school because I I bought the movie and I I had vague okay, recollections yeah. of the show being on um, like during like when it was popular and uh, I I never watched it because one it came on like late night Comedy Central I think. Am I getting that right? Yeah, and, possibly. Um, it's, it's. I remember, so like, cause, like, that's also around when South Park was on, and, like, I could watch The Simpsons, but South Park right. was taboo. So, like, I just figured anything on Late Night Comedy yeah. Central was taboo. So, like, whenever I saw and, like, I also <laughs> didn't get it. So, like... Yeah, it's 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 on another level for, for the average sophomore. But yet, I, like, I couldn't watch that, but yet I, I was able to watch Joe Bob Briggs... And that's a, a whole different like level of taste. <laughs> um, the other thing that I've been watching, which is equally as obscure, is uh, Red Dwarf. But I've seen that many more times than I've seen. Uh, I know Science of Theater. it. I haven't watched it, but I, I, it's something I know about. You know, just through pop culture. Right. They re- they're actually going to be releasing seasons I think 11 and 12 coming up which the show started god I want to say in like 88 so it'll it went strong for a while and then wasn't getting picked up by the BBC and then they'd like oh we're gonna do another season and then they didn't and then they did another season and it's been off for a couple of years they did a movie which they kind of turned into mm. a season of the show uh, now they're doing two new Speaking seasons. Speaking of uh of shows that are near and dear to our heart that you know i wish there's more of one tv show i really wish they'd finally release the third season onto dvd is the adventures of pete and pete the most oh underrated God. television show of all yeah. time right now this probably just sounds like a, a pop culture love fest and not a simpsons thing but we will get on topic eventually wow yeah yeah but i'm getting the feels over pete and pete now <laughs> if i didn't hate the name pete i would probably I'd probably like name a child Pete, or my buddy Pete would think it's named after him, and that would be awkward. Um, but no, that show is just—it just hits me, and it, it just—it just turns on my heart light. 
It hits me in the feels. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, you should probably get to the Simpsons, unless you got unless you've been watching something else you want to talk about. No, no, we should talk about the show that the yeah, show is I about. Yeah, I guess so. Then that's a but, good uh, move. <laughs> I remember when I asked you asked you to be on the show, and you you said. Like there was a resounding yes, which I was really pleased by. I didn't have to do any more work to find anyone, and I gave you since you know I I gave you the option to picking what we or our top could be about what you wanted to talk about. So that way it just felt a little more, um, communicative. Well, yeah, because like I thought, if this is gonna be a running thing where I'm gonna have to find other hosts or whatnot, or even if it's just me and you <laughs> when Nico's not around, I figured well me and Nico have what works for us. Let's almost see if we can do like a different type of show while sticking to our, you know, what what works about the show. Like if that makes any sense, it's like we're gonna have a different, yeah. we're gonna have a different yeah. uh, back and forth than me and Nico would. So I thought, well, to make him comfortable, let him pick the theme. And uh, if you want to explain what this theme is, sir. Given that this is my first time, I appreciate you being gentle. I'm trying. I to <laughs> pop that podcasting cherry. As long as we can spoon after. No, you're asking for too much now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just pack up my things and go. All right, well, um, I, I chose uh, the happy, sunshiny, rainbowy topic of death <laughs> in Springfield. It seemed appropriate with Halloween coming up. I, I figure you guys will do a, a Treehouse of Horrors thing, um, but then there's also this other theme that I've found runs through the entire show and it seemed appropriate for this time it's an interesting theme too because uh, uh, especially for a television show with a a uh, a slanted timeline like this one it's um it's actually really interesting because like there's very few canon deaths uh and then even more important like addressing the topic of like how do you make as as a writer for a television show where you know your main characters won't die how do you put them in a a, a situation where you almost question that they're going to and how do you make the audience care cuz i think i think um well you took a completely different approach to it. Well, me and Nico do me and Nico you usually just pick an episode each and we'll come in and talk about them. I saw your notepad <laughs> where you were like going through and checking any time there was even a reference to a dead character in the show. It was actually really impressive. Yeah. Because uh, this is kind of this is kind of an important theme. But uh, I think we narrowed it down to two really solid episodes. One where a character dies, who's and not just any character. It's a character who. I don't know. I don't know if you'd call him a favorite, but he's definitely an important character to Lexicon <laughs> on The Simpsons. And then the other episode is how do you handle potentially a main character dying? So I think we 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 delved into both spectrums. But if if you could do me a favor and explain why this uh, topic in a such a happy-go-lucky television show uh, interests you, besides you just being uh- a depraved person. Right. Well, I'd say it's mostly the latter, but um, I I think it is that dichotomy that interested me so much. Is it, you guys have discussed it before, where this show kind of turned cartoons into something that it, it bridged the gap between cartoons and and 
family sitcoms, you know, things that are are geared towards more, you know, it it's not Homer just chasing Bart and Bart falling off a cliff and puff of and then they do it all over again. Um, they tackle real life stuff. Mm-hmm. It, but but in this, you know, in the middle of the the goofiness, so you have the really obscure silliness, and then they'll have this really heartfelt conversation about what do you do when your dad is sick and could it's possibly die. It's the only die. show that I know, well, maybe not the only show, but it's the only show that I can think of off the top of my head, where they could follow up a uh, uh, really, like, heart-wrenching moment with a laugh. Right. And where it works, yeah. where it doesn't and feel like we, they're trying... It doesn't cheapen the the feels. Yeah, yeah. And when we were narrowing down my obsessive list of references and episodes, the two that I ended up picking, or the, that we kind of sorted out together, I think are ones that show both sides of that spectrum. There's the silly, like, oh yeah, somebody can die in a horrible way and we'll just all laugh it off. But then there's also the, wow, somebody that I love is really sick and something horrible could happen and how do you deal with all those on a really deep level? So to, to contrast the two different ways that the show handles the okay, one topic. Uh, no, totally. Is there a preference on which episode you'd like to speak with speak about first? Um, let's go... Let's start okay, silly, so. I think. So... With, with Homer's yep, Season 8, episode 23, uh, was directed by Jim Reardon. Uh, I don't remember if it was, it was in, it was, the season was 96 or 97. I don't know how I know all that. <laughs> I unfortunately <laughs> don't know who directed the next episode, but I know the number, which is kind of cool. But, uh, Homer's yes. Enemy, which is, uh, introduced us to Grimy. The Grimy. Grimy. Hey there, Grimy. What what's I I think you you kind of hinted at how important or you know recognizable Grimy is, but he's only in one episode. Technically, he is introduced. Does he show? Shut, his son, son shows, shows up, up because he happened to like hookers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dead but uh, yeah, technically he only showed up in one episode, and what is interesting yeah. because, and he's referenced in another episode. They find the the program for his funeral yeah. or something and and homer doesn't remember yeah. who it is uh and i like and what's what's interesting about this character because like you can mention like a dr um marvin monroe and diehard simpson mm-hmm. fans will know exactly who marvin monroe is but grimy you mentioned frank grimes almost everyone knows who he is marvin monroe i <laughs> I, I, Marvin Monroe is almost a little bit more like obscure because he's the early seasons, which are kind of like the black sheep of the show. Uh, and Frank Grimes sure. comes in right during when the show starts to peak, not to peak, but like when it starts really hitting its steam. That's the better way to put it because it doesn't, you know, peak means it's gonna fall, and I don't think it fell yet. Um, <laughs> and it, when it really starts hitting its, its steam, and like Frank Grimes, and more important, Grimy is in every Simpsons fan's lexicon. <laughs> And um, he's an interesting character because, like, I look back at this episode, and yes, Homer's an idiot throughout the entire thing, and he's being really <laughs> insensitive. But like, Frank Grimes is a jerk. 
That's what I really remember <laughs> from this episode. It's like I I I could care less that he he electrocuted himself. <laughs> I kind of see Frank Grimes as you know every everyone in the Simpsons exists in its own world, right? They kind of it has its own rules of of what you can get away with that you couldn't get away with in the real world and what you uh, could not get away with that maybe you could in the real world. Everything functions like that. But Frank Grimes is like taking someone from real life, sticking them in the Simpsons world, and then that person from real life just getting pissed off that nobody else has to follow these rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, Does that make any sense? <laughs> if it's an Abbott and Costello routine, Frank Grimes is <laughs> Bud Abbott. And right, the Simpsons right. world is Lou Costello. <laughs> Everyone is Lou Costello. And... <laughs> Sounds like an album name. Everyone is Lucas. So. That'll be our next. That'll be our next venture. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's very few times that this happens where like there is a straight character introduced because everyone is zany. Like you'll have more serious characters, but they'll. It's you know even like Hank Scorpio is fucking zany in his own serious way. Number one <laughs> is zany in his own right. serious way. Um. And it's, I wish, almost wish they would do it more. Just like, cause he was the one guy's like, does anyone else notice how, how like crazy and <laughs> dumb this is? And, uh, like, and how everyone's just charmed by Homer. Like, <laughs> yeah, Homer's all right. Just and I love that. Right. Like, and like this episode was fun too, because it, uh, and I don't know if it, if it's like, if it continues on throughout the show, like if it would be canon, but actually, I don't think it is because they've contradicted it later on in episodes, like when they've, like when and Maggie makes three and such, where about how Homer got his job at the nuclear power plant. He just he just showed up. He was just there on the first day, and they gave it to him. It contradicts <laughs> later on, but I like the idea that Homer is just so naive that he just showed up, and I like to imagine he just, he was in that room, and they just he just got on the payroll. And I was like, right. And no one else has realized that this is a problem. Well, you find worked his way up to you safety. You find out inspector. in the next episode we're going to be talking about how easily he's replaced. <laughs> right. But uh, I also like finding out that Lenny and Carl have their like was it master's degree? And yeah. And yet they're yep. both real. They're not that much smarter than Homer. <laughs> they're they're still totally okay, like slacking off and not not worrying about the fact that they're operating a nuclear power plant in the middle of a town. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's Frank Grimes was such a joke, was such a jerk. And like, I want to like him because like he had such a tough background. He had like nothing going for him. And then he, <laughs> in, at the age of 18, he was involved in a silo explosion accident. And like, and here he was, like Mr. Smithers probably brought him in, being like, "You're gonna be uh, executive vice president," and he's brought in, and Mr. Burns is like, "Just put him in the car somewhere," and I, the dog yes. gets promoted. Now, now there's this dog that I'm really into, and I love the fact that they keep that as a running joke I know, throughout just, the episode. The dog's following him, the, but he has the sash. You when he 
when Frank Grimes saves Homer's life by hitting the acid out of his hands that he's about to drink and burns a hole in Mr. Burns' precious wall, <laughs> spilling his expensive acid. You don't, I, I'm pretty sure if memory serves, you, you're not even looking at them. You're looking at, like, Mr. Burns' door or something, and you can hear Mr. Burns <sighs> chewing Frank Grimes out. But then also in the background is the dog yapping at him like the the vice president also chewing out frank grimes who got frank grimes's job and it's like it's almost unfortunate how like and i don't think they made frank grimes unlikable and unintentionally i just think because he's (laughs) such a you know like straight character as opposed to everyone else that he just becomes unlikable and like normally it's this is this type episode like where they introduce a character uh, who's had a hard life and he continues to have a hard life and then you know he dies and still no one gives a shit i'd be like man that's bad storytelling but like in, when i'm watching this episode i'm like fuck him he deserves it <laughs> and yeah. i hate being that person and and you <laughs> I, and as the writers they'd have to make him that unlikable in order for the jokes at the funeral to pay off because yeah otherwise you're like ooh that's in bad taste but because he was Frank Grimes. The best, it's okay. It was just the best. Yeah, the best joke at the funeral is Frank Grimes, or Grimy as he liked to be called. <laughs> Which can, again, I watched way too many episodes in preparation for this. Um, Reverend Lovejoy is a horrible oh my funeral God, speaker he because he does he does the same thing at Bleeding Gums Murphy's funeral which we're not officially talking about, but he calls him Blood yeah, and Guts Murphy. also had a funeral with barely anyone there. <laughs> yeah, Lisa was the only one. Well, other than the horrible reverend. But... You you had one job, Lovejoy. Well, it's... You, you, I want to just tackle Lovejoy in general in a future episode. Just the same thing like I want to tackle <laughs> oh, Hibbert. Oh, yeah. Because Hibbert's such a, a an unusual... Like it, it, characters like that are hard because like well, not hard because you can't like pick one episode that's centered on them. You just kind of have to talk about their traits <laughs> as a whole. But um, yeah, no. Well, one thing I noticed just in these episodes is because you do see both Doctor Hibbert and Doctor Nick, and when you say, "All right, out of the two, which one is the horrible doctor and which one is the legitimate doctor?" and you would, you know, naturally most people would say Doctor Nick is the horrible. Doctor, but you watch Dr. Hibbert, and almost everything he does is a sign of horrible yeah, doctor. Yeah, like, they've made a lot of reference to him selling drugs. Uh, he just doesn't care. It's all for the money. <laughs> Dr. Nick, I feel like, in his own way, legitimately wants to help. He's just an idiot. Right, yeah, yeah. Who also dies in the Simpsons movie. He does. He gets crushed by the no, bubble. There's no proof that he actually dies. Right? Is that... Okay. <laughs> yeah. the Simpsons, man. And no one... He might be like Mr. McBread with the arm for the leg, and, or with the leg for the arm yeah. and the arm for the leg. And, um... I don't know. It's, it's interesting when they choose to kill off a character because they really made a big deal last season about, you know, an important character to the show dying off. And, you know, they're really, like, really, like, building it up. And I my logical thought was... For some reason, I thought of Pooh for some fucking reason, or um, I thought, oh, it's gonna be Grandpa, and they're gonna they're gonna just fire the start the show off with you know this season off with some feels and kill off Grandpa, which would probably devastate me. 
emotionally i'd be crippled for that week um only for a week that's my morning period um but that's all the time off you have and instead they kill off you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it crusty's dad and it's like it's interesting when they choose to kill off a character it's like i appreciate that they're trying to add this realism to it where like yes people will die but it's no one anyone cares about (laughs) like what do you have any thoughts on that um, I think The Simpsons has such a large cast that they've, and they've been going for so long that they've kind of afforded themselves the opportunity to kill off almost anyone they want. Uh, true, and then this is a completely side topic too. To to that, like they can afford, they can afford to uh, to thin the numbers, but then you also have the rare occurrence where an actor dies. Like yeah, God, what's her uh, name? It's definitely once with uh, Edna Is it Marshall Krabappel. Wallace did her voice? That sounds know. There's right. probably diehard Simpson fans out there who are like praying for our death right now for getting that wrong. But, um, yeah. Because they never... <laughs> and you call yourself Simpsons fans. They never fans. make reference to her... Well, they kind of do. They, they, they don't ever show her die in the show. Yeah, I, I want to say in the credits... Or is that yeah, the chalkboard? Yeah, there's two of them. There's uh, one, just one line says, I miss my teacher. And then there's this really yeah. sweet moment with Ned. It's, I think the last episode that she recorded is this really nice moment with Ned and Edna dancing. And uh, what makes it interesting is afterwards, he comes out of He realizes the dream, and he comes out, and he, he has a black armband on for mourning. And he's just kind of smiling. And he was looking at a picture of her. And Nelson comes into the window, like you think he's about to laugh, and he goes, "I really miss her." And Ned goes, "I do too." And that's the closest they've gotten to like saying that she's died, and they've just never shown her again. Right. Well, and and because it because it wasn't the character that died, because it was the actress, voice actress. I, I'm sure they wanted that to be much more of yeah. a memorial than say when you know when dr nick or or grimy dies or even i mean i have a i have the list here somewhere i can't find it in my notes but yeah when when one of those dies it's a it's a story choice whereas this i'm sure was they wanted to act as a memorial and nothing before we get off the topic of um homer's enemy and actually this this doesn't have to do with homer's enemy it's just talking about the topic of the simpsons killing off characters the only character that i can think that they've killed off that has actually been for uh good emotional reasons was ned's wife yeah which again even though it was for good emotional reasons the way the method of her demise of homer shooting her with a t-shirt gun and her falling out over the back of the, the last thing stand. i said to her was no footlongs <laughs> like even though it, they made a joke out of it 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 still worked and like i've always been really i never listened to the commentary in that episode and i want to know sorry i was fixing my contact as i was talking to you um i want to know what the decision was behind that i'm really curious about that sure yeah and um i don't know there's it's the simpsons it tie like this sounds really dark my problem with the simpsons sometimes is it, it has the walking dead syndrome where then you know the main characters are never going to die but when they do 
it fucking guts you. Yeah. I'm trying to think of us. Anything else you want to say about Homer's enemy before we move on to uh, Homer's triple bypass? So many good things. Um, I just thought that um, when the the point where Homer realizes that you know Grimy comes in and and declares that they're enemies, the fact that he he's been so Homer's been so silly and ob- obnoxious throughout the episode, but how hurt he is by the fact that. Frank Grimes doesn't like him anymore, and the whole rest of the episode, even though he's still continuing to do things that are just pushing all of Grimey's buttons, he he cares so much and wants so badly for Frank to not dislike him. I think him. it shows a lot about Homer's character, where he's, um, you know, he, he's a hothead, and he's kind of an idiot, because, like, I don't think he was doing any of those things to intentionally annoy Frank Grimes. I just don't think he realizes when he's being annoying. Oh, no. Um... I feel like I I often have the same problem, um, but no, I, <laughs> aren't we all Homer Simpson? We 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 are. I have a, I have a, I feel like that could be an episode in itself. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and it's it's kind of like it's kind of uh, charming how like you said he spends his entire the rest of the episode really trying to win him over, and it just doesn't work and like it just pisses grimes off more but like grimes was never going to like homer like (laughs) even if he i feel like even if he was a model employee and you know a real model employee not just eating his donut with a fork and knife um i've (laughs) them stats i love the idea of like him like okay i've got to be a model employee what does a model employee look like ah a model employee stacks his dozen donuts that he's gonna eat for breakfast before he eats them with a fork Um, even if homer was a model employee i feel like grimes would still find a reason not to like him i feel like grimes is just vindictive because he's had such a hard life and look at homer he's I, w- I wouldn't say Homer's had an easy life. His mom abandoned him. His father was very uncaring and very unloving to him for most of his childhood. He had a he has a learning disorder because he's a crayon up his brain. <laughs> <laughs> but despite all of that, he f- Frank nails it. He has accomplished exactly. He's so got much. a beautiful wife. Uh, the funny thing is they they keep making references throughout the show that their house is a crap shack. Bart's words exactly. <laughs> but yet it's like I look at this house. It's like I fucking kill for a house that size. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, they have, they have a, di- they, they have, they can afford to eat in two different rooms. They have a, actually have a dining room. His son owns a Downtown, factory. Yes. <laughs> he's been to space. Oh, you've he never ha- been. He, he's a, he was a successful recording artist with the B sharps. Like he's had a fan. Yeah, Won a he Grammy. A fantastic. He beat out Dexy's midnight runners. Which is, we haven't heard the last from them. Borderline insane. Heard the last of them. Yeah. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> there were so many obscure references to the show in that in that little diatribe, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know he's had a fantastic life, and that's gonna just piss off Grimes no matter what. And um, I don't know. Me and Nico talk about this. There's a fan theory I read one time that really upset me. One time, the whole idea that Homer and Marge don't have the perfect relationship that they're really unhappy. Like, they love each other, but they're unhappy. And that's the only downside I can see to Homer's life, is he has a perfect life. Uh, there's probably some deep-seated shit underneath of it, but he has... Like, sure. Which comes out when, like, in the episode where his mom returns, uh, you can see 
all of those problems that he's struggling with under yeah. the surface. Plus, he's still traumatized by first seeing that dead body. <laughs> but um, all right. The one, the one other thing that I have to there's lots that I'd like to talk about, but the one thing I have to point out from this episode is when Homer is at his station, and I forget why he has to run off for some reason, and he says something to the effect of Lenny. I gotta go cover for me, but he's talking to a framed yes. picture of Lenny. <laughs> and on, and on the picture, it it is signed Homer. Have a cool summer. I, I was looking at that. I was like, I want to know what the significance behind this is and why he has a. F- why does he have this? And in why, his like, why is he talking to it? Why does he believe this is really Lenny? And why did <laughs> Lenny sign a picture of himself to Homer? Like. It's such a like high school yearbook thing to scrawl on on a picture that gets framed in your office. <laughs> if I had an office, I'd, I would oh, just put a framed beautiful. picture of you with the same insignia and see if anyone got it. <laughs> Note to self: send that to you. <laughs> I'd I'd be looking in the mail for that, and when you get it, you have to take a picture of yourself with it framed and put it on the uh, No Homer's if podcast you do this, website. It, all that will happen. It'll be right on my desk, my recording nice. desk. <laughs> Nick, I have to run out for a minute. Cover for me. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, anything else you want to say about this, this episode before we move on to an episode that makes me cry every fucking time? Oh, God, I know. Um, there's so much I could say, but uh, that I wouldn't have any good place to stop. So okay, we'll just. And the next on. episode we watched was season four, episode eleven. All this coming off the top of my head. Homer's triple bypass. I cannot. I'll talk about that. I, I cannot feels. think of the director behind this episode, but uh, I want to say it was Mark Kirkland, but I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. All right. Um. I'm not gonna go all Nico on you and correct you. <laughs> this uh, this episode, I, 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 I'm trying to think of where to begin with this episode because this is interesting because it's it's season four. In the span of a regular television show, is not early in a show. It's for most shows, it's about midway. Mo- I want to say most shows, sure. if they get past season four, they will usually go to about eight or ten. It's a decent way into it. In the in the run of The Simpsons, it's still really early, um, and it's interesting because it's it's right at this sweet spot where if you were to be watching it live as a fan, there's a small part of you believes Homer could die. This could really this could happen. And like I know Homer's gonna make it through this episode. Spoiler alert, Homer lives. Um, right. <laughs> he made it to season uh, five. Spoiler alert, at Homer least. lived. Uh, I know he's gonna make it through this, but there's always that like it just hits me. And I don't and a big part of it might be because of my own father passing away. Um, and I've projected a lot of my own feelings and emotions onto the Simpsons, onto Homer specifically, because I I've made I've been I haven't been shy about saying how important the Simpsons were to me in my recovery process of my father. It's part of the reason I have this tattoo, even though he hated the Simpsons. Um, and <laughs> I project a lot of my own emotions onto that. So like when I see Bart and Lisa, you know, sitting over their father's deathbed, it reminds me of myself. And we're getting deep into the feels right away, but like that scene where like 
Homer does not know what to say to his own kids, so his kids are whispering it oh. to him. And even they they, found, they, still, they still threw a joke in there, too, which is fantastic. But that scene, yeah, it, I will bawl every time. The and, and how indicative of Bart's character, too, that he whispers to Homer to tell to Lisa that she's adopted and I never loved you. And, okay, that's the, the surface Bart, but... You have a big brother who will always take care of it. I'm I starting get, to get I got all the, the shaky yeah. and choked up. And what's but that, like all of these characters, genuinely care for each other. I think so that's much. the reason I've always liked this show more than Family Guy because it's I I like all the characters because the characters like each other. And um, yeah, and I, I also find it really funny that Homer's is so naive that he 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 repeated what Bart said without question. He didn't even question. <laughs> right, it. No, he didn't it's even like, think about he it. He didn't think about it until afterwards, and it still took him a beat. <laughs> um, when I believe when did The Simpsons start? Eighty nine is the first episode of um, Simpsons roasting on an open fire, Simpsons and then the rest roasting. of the season was in nineteen ninety. Which interesting tangent regarding this topic is one of i i don't think it's the first scene but the second one of the early scenes of that first episode is when they talk about snowball one passing away so death is instantly discussed and and made a part of the show from very early on and and how do kids deal with the death of a pet and families deal with the kids dealing with the death of a pet um but anyway, uh, that was just a small tangent. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons really? growing up. Because my parents saw it as them as, as a bad role model for a family. That's not how how family members should treat each other. Fathers shouldn't choke their sons because they did it's something fun. wrong. That's what it's they funny, saw. Like, it, it's funny because, like, it's absolutely it, true. And it but is. it's also funny because, like, there's a lot of things parenting wise i and like and even as an adult not even parent wise i feel like i've based off of the simpsons i feel like i'm a better person because of the simpsons so it's funny that like it's the same thing with my mom in south park she saw the surface value and didn't see what was beneath yep so so when when how old were you when you started watching the simpsons when you're allowed to i started watching the simpsons in college it you know for most people college becomes this time where you do things that you didn't get to do so usually that's drinking or having lots of sex and for me it was watching the simpsons uh that was right around the time that they started coming out on dvd um so i i think that was 99 or two no it was after i was married so oh two maybe all right um and, and i started binging on watching the simpsons and catching up and I, I knew I would love it from what little I saw, and like you, it has changed my life. And like, uh, and I feel like why it's been such a great show to me, and I feel like to its fans and to everyone else uh, through the years, isn't just because of um, you know it's funny, which it is, but it it's not afraid to be heartfelt. It's not afraid to touch on things. Um, and I appreciate that. Like like episodes like Homer's Triple Bypass, where it's not afraid to make the audience cry. It's not afraid to be like, you know what? We're a comedy, but we started as a TV show about deconstructing the, deconstructing the nuclear family. 
every so eventually families are going to have to deal with the death of someone they love or the potential death you know because like yeah things get better but there was a moment in Bart and Lisa's minds where they thought this will be the last time I'm going to see my father and they have to deal with that and how are they going to deal with that how is that going to shape who they're going to become and they also bring other heavy topics that a lot of shows aren't comfortable bringing in like religion when Lisa's down in the Sunday school you know learning classroom and she asks the Sunday school teacher you know my dad's really sick and he might die what's going to happen to him and of course that answer brings up an image of Homer on a cloud going cloud go up cloud go down cloud go up cloud go down <laughs> but a lot of shows aren't willing to touch that religious element of mm-hmm. it and I just I and that's that's one thing I really appreciate about this episode is um is the quest for answers you know i feel like bart and lisa and mars are all handling it their own way and i feel like even if they if if this episode would have come later on in the season after lisa had been a buddhist i feel like she'd still be in uh she'd still be trying to find answers from anywhere lisa's lisa's an interesting character in the fact that even though she's a buddhist she finds comfort in everywhere like if, if she if, if a proverb from the bible can make her feel better she'll go with it you know reading yeah. books about uh, about the heart make makes her feel better i wish if i had anything but probably it's a half hour show only so much i wish i would have liked to seen a little bit more how bart was taking it yeah we see more of lisa but she's more in touch with her feelings we do see quite a bit when after he explains about the aorta fairies uh, coming in and we see Bart's reaction earlier on he had made the reference about we're from the MTV generation we feel neither highs nor lows so you can tell us anything and it won't really affect us but then after he explains what's going to happen and they start to understand how serious it is um, he does react despite the fact that he's from this non-feeling MTV generation he, he, he has this moment of Oh wow! I might lose my dad right now. And I would have him. almost liked to see just like him acting out because of it, uh, because I feel like that would have been really indicative of his character. Um, sure. I need to mention just because it's my fa- I think it's my favorite line from this episode. I'm I'm gonna be misquoting it slightly, but when uh, Homer was sitting with Bart and Lisa and he's trying to explain to him what's gonna be happening, and Lisa in tears I think says, uh, "Dad, does this mean you're gonna die?" And he's like, "No, honey. Good people, uh, good people don't die. What about Abraham Lincoln? He sold poison milk to school children." <laughs> Beautiful. And it's like it's just so oh. perfect that you know Homer is just trying to do anything he can to comfort his children. Yeah, even if it means defaming Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I would have loved, like, if the episode would have ended with, like, you know, like, Homer, like, there's a knock at the door, Homer comes to the door, and it's Abraham Lincoln impersonator just punches him. <laughs> or gives him some milk. Yeah. Drink up. Uh, though it is off topic of the feels, um, this episode does have one of probably my top, like, three lol moments in the simpsons where you know the first time i saw it i was laughing so hard i couldn't breathe for five minutes and that's when dr nick is doing the surgery Ew, and he blood. starts singing the 
the, the neck bones connected to the red thing. The red thing's connected to the something. Yes. The something's connected to my wristwatch. <laughs> then it cuts away. I don't know how he thought that was going to help. I like that he taped over the ending of the surgery. Right. Oh, no. I know I'm supposed to cut something, but what and where? Baby, I swear I can prescribe anything you want. <laughs> think back to med school. He doesn't even try to think of classes or professors. Like when it's like, all right, I need to learn this surgery. Think back to med school. Oh, there's this party where I was hitting on a chick. Pretty much, yeah. Maybe that will help. And it did not. <laughs> but um, no, I think um, I'm trying to find a way to wrap this up. Um, Death in the Simpsons is a really um. Uh, I guess deep topic. I feel like we barely scratched the surface at. I feel like we could continue on just talking about impactful or what, how the impact of of a death can affect the show. If if there's a, a butterfly effect to it, like when Maud died, I feel like that made a significant impact to the show. The dynamic between the characters. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ned then becoming a single father, uh, and his is, is subtle. But his character definitely changed after Maude died. Um, yep. And then his little, you know, relationships throughout, which I think re- I like when they do that because it shows a different side to Ned. He's not just the Bible thumper. But then there's, you know, deaths like Dr. Marvin Monroe and even Bleeding Gums Murphy where, like, the Bleeding Gums Murphy episode is fantastic, but his death is not felt at all after that episode. Right. He The only other character that he meant anything to was Lisa. Yeah, even his own brother didn't care enough about him. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to say about these episodes or Death in the Simpsons, this topic in general? Uh, it, it, I, I felt like we were really building to this magical discussion about death and I'm going to completely derail it to bring up two really silly elements of this episode. Uh, the first is early on when for whatever reason, they are relocating Edgar Allan Poe's <laughs> birthplace house yes. on a flatbed. And for whatever reason, they hired Hans Moleman to be driving it. And then, because of Homer tailgating it, they he flies off the edge, blows up, and yet somehow Hans Moleman survives that. I found that entire sequence just odd layered on top of odd that made no why why are they moving the house why is he driving what how did he survive that explosion it's it's times like those where i just wonder if like the simpsons creators were like smoking some really good weeds like you know it'd be really funny (laughs) let's have hans moe man driving edgar Allan poe's house I do need to say, and it's actually, I didn't think of it during the Frank Grimes episode, but it's, a, it's we're going to go back. And I just wanted to mention uh, my, uh, my, I think my favorite line in that episode, uh, because it's just so, it's just so like, okay with his life is Millhouse, right? Like after he gets his cup of coffee, he's like, so this is what my life's become. At least I'm doing better than dad. And it's like, he thinks so little of his dad's job at the cracker factory that this is that him not getting paid. To watch Bart's warehouse is better than drinking rat coffee. <laughs> rat coffee is better than whatever the hell his dad's doing at the cracker factory. <laughs> Which is a nice uh, 
contrast too to how the kids feel about Homer in that in the bypass episode. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks they think Bart plays it off, but he they, he thinks very highly of his father, and like I can't think of any other characters. Maybe it's because we just don't follow the other characters, but like how I don't think Rod and Todd would have. Like they, they'd definitely be distraught because their their father died because they're fucking useless and I don't think they could do anything on their own. But like I don't, know, I just feel like there's this different level of care that Bart and Lisa have for their father that Melhouse I don't think has for his parents. Yeah, Rod and Todd are, yeah, uh, they're they're sheep. They do what their father says because they're supposed to. Or Bart doesn't have that kind of respect for Homer. He doesn't feel that he needs to do anything that he says. So the fact that he still loves him despite that, he doesn't have to have that kind of admiration for his mm-hmm. dad. It's not a prerequisite for the relationship. So it's more meaningful. When yeah, he they, does. they've been combatant their entire life. So to see <laughs> that you know everything is not completely like terrible works. The other totally random thing is uh, when Flanders is in the hospital, uh, he's in there because he's donating some organs <laughs> to whoever needs them on a first-come, first-served basis. And he starts praying for all the things that he's grateful for. And he's grateful for sweating to the oldies one, two, and four. He did. I'm, he's not a fan. I need to know why he doesn't like sweating to the oldies three. And now I want to go look up the track lists for these these four albums and like what was about three that he just did not like right what was it well that definitely explains how he has those wicked abs though right was that streetcar named desire <laughs> or uh, i forget the simpson spoof on streetcar the title, named but... marge yeah stella but i like the way ned does it stella stella <laughs> All right. Is there anything else on the topic of death in the Simpsons that you'd like to touch on? And granted, we this the thing about the show is we can go back to any topic we want at any point. So if we feel like there's more to be said, we can always retouch on this topic again later on. Uh, but is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up this episode? Um, just kind of echoing what how we started, where um, and the reason why we chose these episodes was to show how silly and non-important death can be in the show mm-hmm. where like in the beginning of homer's triple bypass somebody just jumps off of a building in the springfield cops <laughs> episode and it's like oh oopsie daisy uh but then you can show the also the serious side and it, it ends up playing out like a drama something that actually touches us and means something and leaves us thinking about the people that we love after we finish watching that episode. Yeah, I, I, every time I see that episode, I always end up thinking about my dad that episode. So It's beautiful. It is. But I think, uh, I don't know, we, we're hitting about probably close to the hour mark now. I think uh, it's a good place to wrap up. Considering we've never, rec- this is the sec- literally the second time we've spoken, and first time, <laughs> not too bad. First time we've recorded a podcast together, I think we did a pretty good job. So, uh, hmm. as we customary do in our wrap ups, uh, where can people find you at? On Facebook, um, Nicholas Richards. I probably have some kind of screen name, but if you search me, you'll you should be able to find it. And then on Twitter at mfs game 
that's made from scratch game. Yep, and uh, I don't know, since you didn't mention too much about it when during your little intro, be sure to check this guy out. He does some really cool stuff. He's written books. Uh, he's developing a game right now that I'm really wanting to play. And, you know, he's <laughs> a pretty talented filmmaker. Send him some money, he'll throw you a DVD. He'll literally throw it at you. Woo! Yes, I will come to your house and damn near beat you over the head with yep. it. And if you like his sense of humor, then you'll dig his movie because it's just filled with his irrelevant <laughs> sense of humor. Uh, you can find me at my website, accidentalconcussion.com. It's still under construction, but I'll eventually get there. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and also on Twitter and Instagram at Michael underscore Vyers. There's also the No Homers podcast uh, Twitter account. Find us at no homers podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, we're around. Search for us. All right. Everyone, you guys have a great night. Thank you, Nick, for being with us. And yeah, thank you for tolerating. And we'll me. find some kind of cool song to play us out, hopefully. And we're done. <laughs>